I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and in this episode, I want to discuss how limitations, restrictions, boundaries, rules, whatever you want to call them, are actually good for artists because they invite creative solutions to any obstacle or problem that arises. And in particular, I'm going to use the Dogma 95 movement as a case study for this, which is a a filmmaking movement and rules. But don't worry, though I will be heavily using that, the the theories of all of this apply to any artist out there, musician, painter, right, photographer, all these things. So, you know, take that to heart and know that this can be applied to any creative out there. But before I fully dive in, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, let's give a little context, and then we'll really get into this. Uh, So the Dogma 95 filmmaking movement started in 1995 by Danish directors Lars von Trier and Thomas Vinterberg. Now, you may have heard of these directors. They're they're famous. Done a lot of amazing movies. Uh, Most notably and recently, Thomas Vinterberg won the Oscar for Best Foreign Film with Another Round. Um, Incredible, incredible film. Hollywood's trying to remake it now with Leo DiCaprio. Hopefully, they don't strip it of its, um, you know, the, the thing that made it so lively and wonderful to begin with. But I digress. Anyway... Um, the Dogma 95 Manifesto, as they said, um, there were rules to create, um, film and they wanted to bring about traditional values of story, acting theme, and exclude elaborate special effects and technology. It was supposed to create an attempt to, as they say, take back power for the filmmakers as artists, as opposed to the studio. And later they were joined by Danish directors, Christian Lerving and Soren um, Krav Jacobson, and they became known as the Dogma 95 Collective. A lot of their, you know, here's some kind of notable films from this entire movement. The Idiots, The King is Alive, Lovers, Italian for Beginners, Americana, Joyride, Camera, Truly Human, um, and Open Hearts. Now, these are just the sum, but, you know, you can look up Dogma 95 and check out all the films there if you're curious for that. Now, let's talk about the rules, right? So these are self-imposed rules um, that they gave in the cells in order for them to like make a movie, right? So they made 10 rules here. It was like their 10 commandments for filmmaking um, of, of this. So here they are. Shooting must be done on location. Props and sets must be brought in. If a particular prop is not necessary for the story, a location must be chosen where the prop is found. Two, the sound must never be produced apart from the images or vice versa. Music must not be used unless it occurs where the scene is being shot. So that means it all has to be diegetic. You know, if if an actor or slash character within the film puts on music on the radio, that's fine, but it can't just be brought in arbitrarily to underscore a moment, you know. The camera must be handheld. Any movement or uh, immobility attained in the hand is permitted. The camera 
The film must be in color. Special lighting is not acceptable. If there is too little light for exposure, the scene must be cut or a single lamp be attached to the camera. Op um, number five, optical work and filters are forbidden. It's number six, the film must not contain superficial action. Murders, weapons, etc. must not occur. Temporal and geographical alienation are forbidden. That is to say that the film takes place here and now. Right, so nothing futuristic, nothing in the past, that sort of thing. Genre movies are not acceptable. Uh, number nine, the film format must be Academy 35 millimeter. And number 10, the director must not be credited. And what's interesting about this is that in many ways, it sounds quite restrictive, right? Um, but I really enjoy it because... In many ways, the way that I had done my first two feature films was in this way. You know, everything, I mean, we broke a couple of the rules if you want. It's not like I was going for Dogma 95 in particular, but I was going after the spirit of it, right? You know, the locations we chose pretty much had all the props we needed, and we just brought in, you know, a couple main ones that weren't there. Um, for the most part, all lighting that I've ever used has been within the scene itself. Um, very rarely do I actually write, uh, do I light a scene. Um, I think it's happened in three scenes across my two films entirely. Um, and yes, I use handheld and so forth, right? And what I love about it is that as restrictive as it seems, what it really does when you actually break it down is it frees you? Because in a lot of ways, right, when you kind of look at this and you're, you're like, okay, how can you make a quality film with any of this stuff, right? It's just going to look handheld and the lighting is going to be crappy and so forth. Well, not necessarily the case. And I was having a discussion yesterday with my friend, you know, and... She was like, your film is absolutely brilliant. Okay. And I was, I was like, you know, yeah. You know, we just went in and I talked about the lighting. She, and I was like, were there any scenes where you're like, oh, this could have used better lighting? And she was like, oh, um, you know, I guess a few. But I was like, okay, that's fine. But I'd much rather have a film completed than not. And I'd much, you know, in a lot of ways, I'd much rather have certain scenes than not. So there were certain locations we couldn't light at all, right? Because we were in public locations and so forth and had to sort of run and gun, you know, guerrilla filmmaking. And it's like, that to me was far more important to have that location and that scene and the moment of that versus not having it, you know? And in the grand scope of things, quality is subjective. You know, as, as Gary Vee often talks about, you know, if I make a f movie with stick figures and people laugh and it resonates with them, why is that any less quality than, you know, a $100 million studio film. It's not, right? It's all subjective in that way, yet we, such a, we, we put such a premium on it. And as, as these guys really pointed out, you know, by stripping down of a lot of things and, and trying to, like, go bigger with things and really getting down to the basics, these movies really resonated with people, Right? And that's the beauty of a lot of it. In fact, one of my favorite films of this year is called Petite Maman. It's a 70-minute 
French short, uh, not a short film, but a 70-minute French film about this this girl, this little girl who um, is about to lose her mother, um, and kind of the, dealing with the grief of all of that. And it's so interesting because there's like literally one song that's used in the entire film. There's very little camera movement, very little editing, and it and it completely hinges on the performances of two child actors. And it's absolutely fantastic for all those reasons. And so in many ways, what I'm getting at is these restrictions are good because they they focus you as a writer, a painter, a musician, whatever it is, right? By by having to look... Because sometimes we like to think that freedom is choice. And in fact, freedom is the ability to make a choice and stick to it, right? And so, you know, I for me, the best equation is writing. You have to say, okay, what time period is this in? Where is this taking place? And just by that alone, you're already focusing what the story is, right? So restrictions in that way are good. But too often... As artists, we, we look at restrictions as a negative instead of a positive. And I know that within what, what I love about art, right? And there's all these kinds of movements. You know, you hear about, you know, I'm not, I'm not an art historian, but certainly in with like paintings, right? There's all kinds of movements, you know, the cubism movement, the, the realistic movement. I, you know, I, again, I, I, I don't know all, all the stuff. Certainly in film, there's like the French new wave and, and all these sort of things. And, you know, sometimes it's unconscious. It's just kind of, it's a, you know, you can look back at it with hindsight and it's just a reaction uh, to our time, right? Certainly right now, like there's a lot of movies dealing with, Multiverses, right? And that seems to be like the thing. Before that, maybe it was, you know, time travel stuff and, you know, uh, robots potentially taking over. And not to say that, you know, that those movies don't exist here and now still and haven't before. But, you know, there, there seems to be a large collection at certain points and it seems to be the overriding theme of, you know, various times, again, as a reaction to kind of what's happening, and I love that, right? Um, I think that's that's wonderful in that way. And you know, as far as movements, again, I don't necessarily know how they happen. Um, it's not like everyone sets off to to do those things, but in many ways, people, like I said, people are reacting to to the times. Um, but getting back to really the nuts and bolts of this. You know, sometimes, especially like now, when I think about art and creating something, it can be overwhelming just with everything going on in life, right? And processing all that. And it's like, what do I want to make? And, you know, in many, in many ways, the, the simpler I keep it, the better it is in that way. Um, and I think those, 
the best art has that ability where it seems hyper-focused um, in a lot of ways. What's that age-old cliche where the more something, it, the, the more specificity something has, the more universal it becomes? Um, and it's a cliche because it ends up being true. It really does. You know, there's a universality to all of us, but when you try to make something for everybody, you make something for no, nobody. And, you know, the point of this is not to tell you, hey, here's the rules um, and, and go do it. But if, you know, I've talked, I had an episode a while, a while ago, a couple of years at this point about, you know, for photography, like, or actually just art in general of challenging yourself um, daily or weekly, however you want to interpret it based off of, you know, what's of interest. So if it was photography, okay, um, you're only allowed to take photos this week using a 55 millimeter lens and they all have to be up, upward angles, meaning you're low and you're shooting up. Okay, so what, what kind of interesting photos can you take using that, right? So restrictions are actually liberating when it comes to creativity and it brings about some of the best art. And it's, you know, um, whether it's the Dogma 95 movement, um, it certainly holds true. So all this stuff ties together. You know, quality is subjective. Um, you know, certainly Robert Rodriguez talks about it. Like, lean into your limitations, you know. Uh, no, like, if you ever make a mistake, it doesn't have to be perceived as a mistake. It could be a choice, right? It all depends on how you view it. So have that mentality, and I think it will really serve you well. So I've thrown a lot at you. As always, if you have any questions or thoughts of your own, by all means, comment down below or hit me up on social media. would love to discuss this further with you. Likewise, if uh, you appreciate what I do and think you would benefit from more direct interaction, well, there's my coaching sessions um, that are available to you. Or if that is a little bit uh, steep of a price, well, then you can join my Patreon page where there's um, various tiers of support and we get to interact directly in group set settings and so forth. Um, so that's that's an option as well. Or uh, maybe you just love what I create, you know, um, my books, my movies, maybe my merchandise, whatever it is, um, and you want to support me that way, well, that is, of course, an option to you. And at the end of the day, by me getting to create that stuff, it allows me to share my experiences, learn from them, and talk about them freely with you so that way you benefit from them. So it's very symbiotic in that way. Um, so you know, supporting that stuff is a benefit to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you um, and hope to see you next time.